This is Multinew Media. Welcome, everyone. My name is Chase Raz, and with me today is Chris Ayers. I hope that you've been doing okay, Chris. I know we've taken some time off of recording, and uh, I hope it's been a good start of spring for you. Yeah, um, I've been hard at work. I've got some certifications under my belt. I've been doing some complex stuff at work. I've been organizing the house at home and uh, beat a couple of video games and you know, chugging right along. A little bit of everything. Yep. You know, I I don't even know what I've been doing. I've just had my nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and um, wanted to come together today and talk about something that happened. For us, it was just a couple of days ago, but for those listening, because I, I know we're not going to put this out for another couple of days still, um, what will have happened last week by the time people hear this, and talking about um, Microsoft's Build Conference. Yeah, I wish I was able to go. That would have been great. <laughs> I had a couple of coworkers that were able to go, though. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I streamed uh, the keynote. Um, but not much more than that. A lot of, lot of stuff coming out of there. And I thought one thing we might do today is instead of trying to do a news recap of everything, and this may end up feeling like it just a little bit, uh, instead of going that route, talk about some of the things that we view as the highlights, what we really need to, uh, pay attention to, uh, from a technology point of view, from a business point of view, what, what was the big meat that actually came out of this? What's the substance? Well, I think that the the best thing I saw was Fedora Man. The guy who, who showed off... Uh, oh, um, he, he, uh, uh, Brian. Yeah, Br- what's his name? I, I don't remember. Let me look. I think it's Brian Roper. Yeah, he, he's riding New Orleans. He's like, oh, come on, this is going to be great. And he, he's just going at it. He, he's... He was the highlight of the keynote. I'm yeah, sorry. it's, it's he, uh, he Brian there. Roper. He's the executive demo lead. And he, he's entertaining as all get out. He, he, he was great. He is. He is. Um. He's really a highlight of any of the conferences. But um. Uh. Yeah. You know the thing is, sometimes he overshadows what he's talking about because I don't quite remember exactly what it was he was even presenting. He was demoing Ink. Oh, you know what? That's surprising that I didn't remember that because that's one of the things on on my highlight list of. I think that the improvements to Windows Ink were. Um, really transformative for end users, maybe not for developers, but for graphic designers, for architects, for business people, the idea of improving pen input onto a tablet or onto a touchscreen device, uh, having an on-screen ruler that you can manipulate with uh, multi-touch, having stencils and all of the other types of things they showed off, uh, just the improvement of the pen on screen well situation is is big to me well i mean i'm not going to say it's not good um uh, i'm not saying it's transformative though right i mean come on and i wouldn't uh, imagine that most developers would call that transformative for for me as as a end user uh well, i believe it's transformative though just okay for, they've been personally. trying to get writing and stuff into windows since xp mm-hmm like it, and be, I'm sure before that there, there were some attempts. And walk-on tablets are a thing. And touchscreen, the biggest issue has always been latency with the pen. 
That, that's always been the biggest issue, and I don't know if it's a hardware issue or a software issue. Well, it has, you know, Surface Pro it's 2, the one I have, is, is still pretty good. I know they took a step backwards with the 3 and the 4, and that's where they were talking about these low-latency situations. Although, to be honest with you, the demos didn't look like, it, uh, like they were as low-latency as even the th- Surface Pro 2 was. Um, um, but yeah, it's a is, big deal. Sure, there's a ruler. Um, oh, I can make straight lines. I, 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 <laughs> but that's big for a graphic designer. That's big for somebody doing vector-based layout. But I don't. I know that. I just. You're not excited about it. Uh, I think that if there's going to be a high-end designer, I don't know if they're going to use that versus like a dedicated tablet interface. Now maybe this is good, great on the go with the Surface, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I no, just, I see that 100%. And I, you know, I think of it from my um, my particular workflow. Um, I, I think I had a tweet um, while they were doing that. I said, hell, I, and I'm not kidding when I said this. Uh, I had an expletive at the start of this tweet, but then I, as I normally do. Uh, but then I said, I forgot I was at home. And I was being serious about that. I forgot I was at home. I clapped at the digital ruler in the Sketchpad app. And I said, I'm sort of ashamed about that. And I, I, I mean it. I, I really did. I sort of lost... Uh, I knew I was watching a keynote presentation. I watch a lot of presentations for my job, and I'm used to clapping at something that's good, and I actually physically clapped. See, you have to make sure that you don't get sucked in. The whole reason for keynotes and and these type of things, Apple events, Microsoft events, and Mm -hmm. Google events, they want to suck you in. They want you to get excited, and, and they want you to just be like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. I need that thing. I want that thing. And then you're like, oh, wait. And then, like, the next day you're like, huh, am I ever going to use that? Well, I probably wouldn't use it as much as I think I could. <laughs> however, however, they're I salesmen. do know. They're, they're, they're selling you on I, it. I, I do know. I'm not buying into it too much because uh, here was my thought. If the Surface Pro 2, again, I'm still sticking with the 2. If the Surface Pro 2 had that on it, I would, I know, I know 100%. That I would pick up the pen more. How I much more? Pro. I don't know. I have the three pro. I have coworkers that have the four. I don't write on screens. Oh, see, I I, I love tried. it. I go in OneNote and I doodle and no. I draw and I take notes. I've tried. The handwriting in on those apps mm-hmm. looks atrocious. Like I can draw it's boxes and, and, and yeah. class diagrams and stuff. Yeah. But you can't scribble on a screen as fast as you can on a piece of paper. It doesn't like I don't know if it's the feedback, like the the feel of the pen on the glass. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and no it's, one at my work, and they hand out surfaces to people left and right, Man- managers and people in meetings. They all have surfaces. Nobody, nobody, nobody's writing on it. Writes on it. They type. I get. Everything. I get. Look. First of all, I get looked at funny because I'm still sporting the pro too, but um. I, I do get looked at funny when I'm writing on it. Uh, if I do that in public, and it's not very often that I have that device out at a meeting anymore. Um, but yeah, I've, so I've I, tried. I've met with people like taking like they want me to do something, and I'm I, I'll try to draw pictures on the screen <laughs> to convey it. Yeah, it's it would be so much easier just to have a piece of paper with me. Like well, seriously, okay, I, I've, I have tried. <laughs> That's where I want that ruler. If it works. Uh, I'll try it. I'll, I'll try it. I'll let you know. Ruler. If I'm communicating with someone, I'm just gonna draw a box. I don't care if it's lopsided or doesn't even oh, close. Come on, I'm it's an on-screen ruler. You push time. a button and it's right there. And yeah, I'm not gonna anyway. sit there and take the time to manipulate it around and do it. And if I'm working on a high-end presentation, I'm probably not using my fingers 
on a surface, I'm probably going to click the box on PowerPoint and draw it that way. Yeah, I agree. This is not an exciting topic Anyways. for most people. It either hit you or didn't, and for me it did, but um, moving. I, on. I don't know. There's more important stuff. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Moving on briskly. Come back to the tree. I, I'm just going to jump around a little bit. Did you see the announcement about bots? Yes. Um, do, do you... So, do, do you understand the significance of what they're trying to do with that? Maybe. I'm going to want you to walk me through this because here's my thought. Don't don't think I'm going to a bad place here. I'm not being not, negative on not. it. I'm excited about it. However, and no, I'm not going to talk about Tay or whatever her name was. Um, there was some great Twitter commentary on that, though. But my mind goes back to oh, this was... Tay a, was all about... Repeat after me, well, and that's they true. had her saying things. Well, right. And before I go off on that tangent, though, let me let me get this point in. AOL bet heavily on bots with AOL Instant Messenger. This is different. Ten man. years ago, this is different. Now we're at the point where we have the intelligence, we have the cloud-enabled machine learning to make something like this possible. It's different. With Microsoft being one of the only companies to do it. So, so how is this different? Why is this important? How is it so groundbreaking? Well, it's the remember all the B two B push a couple years ago. Microsoft or in general? Just in general, B two B push. Yeah, you want to expose APIs so you can, you know, open table. Uh, there's a, you know, so you can make a reservation, or you know, there there's a hook in the Fandango so you can order movie tickets, or in the AMC and you can order movie tickets. And maybe there's an API expose you can make a call. Sure. Think of bots like that. And as the next wave they, of the API no, just, craze? Yeah, just think of bots like that. The example I saw from some articles I read was uh, you would be interacting with your computer, your phone, or your device, and Cortana, as an agent, has some context. You're talking with your friend about setting up a trip to a you know. And Cortana would realize there's some context there and go, hey. Yeah, and I saw that from the demo in the keynote. Yeah. Right. So, hey, would you like me to book a flight? And it would communicate with the airline's bot. I'm not saying I'm not excited about this. I think my mind's going on a different. That's why I'm saying this is where Cortana has the the context and, and the knowledge about what's happening. And the bot is somebody running it like the airport or Did you get a chance to download says, the um, SDK I, that they were offering for the bots? I have not yet. But you know, I, I want to book a flight or I want to book a hotel for somebody over these days. And I think this is something, uh, I, we need to keep going with it, absolutely, but I think it's something we'll also have to come back and revisit once we've had a chance to look at uh, some of the tools that were released. Um, Microsoft released them immediately after announcing. Yes. Uh, it's just been a time issue for most people, but for now, before we you know have time to focus on those technicals, I absolutely uh, do agree with you. I may not be as excited about it as I am Inc., but I understand that this is a million times larger of a prospect well, then, I mean, it's the same thing as uh, those automated voice prompts on the phone. You mm-hmm. call someone up, they're like, hey, press one to go here. Okay, press two to do this. Okay, press three. It's kind of like that. The bot, what it does is it brings some of that natural language processing that you get from Cortana, from Siri, from Alexa, mm-hmm. and kind of wraps the interfaces and the APIs that you know and asks questions, kind of like text-based wizards. And that's what I, I mean. I have been looking for that in an assistant for a very long time. But it's not an assistant. It's 
so the hotel company or the airline company wants to but no i mean mediate, mediated by cortana dialogue. mediated by siri it doesn't have to be mediated by siri but i love the fact that it is is my point yeah Right, because Cortana... I don't want to have to interact with 200 bots out in the world because I already have email, um, dumb well, bots, would. essentially, as email newsletters that Cortana you're dealing with. Cortana would know that you want to go to that flight or that hotel, and it would pass along some of the information to a, to the boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, here's his name, here's his address. I, I mean, I think you have to allow it. Or Right, you'd have to allow it, but, but I imagine it'd here's be... Here's my address, these are the dates he's traveling. It comes back with the prompts... Oh yeah, like the hotel, the rooms are available. Here, here's the choices. What do you want? Okay, so they'll automate some of that. Yeah, uh, I I do like that. I like the fact that it's um, conversational as well. And yeah. and again, I'm I know I'm focusing more on the agent well, it's, in it's, between. It's bigger than this. Forget the agent in between. The the natural language processing, the talking, the understanding the language and asking questions and getting the responses that's tough but is that going to be enabled in an individual standalone bot or will you need an agent like Cortana to go through it bot as well I mean they're talking about bringing conversation as a service as in understanding that context in that service yeah that would be very (laughs) mad that would be translation and Embeddable I, web chat control connectors to well, Skype and Slack. And you know that that's right Office. because they did talk about Skype and Slack integration and chat um, emulators. Skype was really heavy here, and I can't believe I missed this in the research for this show. But I'm not going to cut this out in editing. I actually just searched Microsoft Bot, and Bing yeah. is now. Well, sorry about that. I popped in the the pop shield. Um, Bing is now. Uh, listing Microsoft bots right there if you type Microsoft bot it gives you a, a Bing music Bing images um, something called Murphy I have no idea what that is but it, they're all through Skype uh, at the moment all these that they're showing are through Skype right and those are probably very similar to all the, the integrations you see with like slack and some of these other services I really want to know what Murphy is <laughs> it's apparently something you can talk to through Skype Um yeah, we'll have to look into that a little bit more. I think that's going to be a large developing topic, and um, you know, we're- it makes it answers what if questions and creates or finds images that matches what would happen. So you know, we're we're doing a multi part series here, not focusing on just the news of build, but talking about the ramifications of it and the other developer conferences that are coming up. And um, maybe we should revisit this in the next episode and talk about. Is anybody going to be playing catch up to this? Is anybody going to follow this path, or is Microsoft really kind of alone out here in in left field? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think that what will affect other conferences are two of the other things that kind of came out of it, which are well, actually, a couple of the other things that came out of it. Okay, so I mean, do you want to sell me on bots? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of feel I, like I, you know something about them that I'm not getting, that I'm not no, understanding. Just from what I've seen. It's another way to expose your services via yeah. See Twitter, that I get via Facebook, I'm, via Slack, via. Uh, I'm massively Twitter. excited about them. Um, I it's just another avenue of of dealing with the user. I just don't know if I'm it, ready to be an evangelist for that concept yet until I get to, to experience. Don't have to be an evangelist for anything. Oh, but I want to. Come on, you somewhat intelligent. To be. Bots. I, know, I know you're a fanboy, but you don't have to be.
Oh, you know, come on. Come, come on. off that fanboy stuff. We'll talk really? about all the developer you were conferences. You out loud a ruler. That had nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You got me there. But if <laughs> if on. Apple had presented that, I would probably say, you know, clap, 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 finally. Oh, no, you wouldn't have. You went, really? You think so? A, a ruler, Apple? A, a ruler, okay. Apple? Really? I'll give you that. I may have been a little bit more biased. But what about Google? <laughs> Do you think I would have uh, clapped at Google? Um, I don't know. Wow. I didn't know my, my technology thoughts were so complex. I'll clap at Microsoft and Google, but not at... Oh, wow. That's kind of prejudiced. You are prejudiced. <laughs> you just now realized this? No. You just I, now figured this I've out? I've come to terms with Apple. Uh-huh. No, you haven't. Yeah, because I use Synergy to control it from my Windows PC, and I'm good. Uh-huh. All right. So... <laughs> Moving on uh, briskly. Fine. Xamarin. Mm. Yeah. Microsoft owns them now. The bottom, they're giving it away for free. Uh, well... There's a community edition they're giving away for free, um, and then on Linux and Mac, you if you are an MSDN subscriber, they're giving away Xamarin Studio. Okay, this is what I didn't understand. I, I guess from currently Xamarin or previously Xamarin Studios cost money, like thousand right. dollars a person. Right. So the, on can... top of MSDN, like if you wanted to do like normal Windows development and you wanted to do Xamarin. Mm-hmm. You might have to have your MSDN and Xamarin. So oh, wow. Okay. So now what about me just as a hobbyist? Can I go in and use you Xamarin get tools? get a free version. And I, I can use that to port uh, like a Windows 10 mobile universal app to Android? You could have gone and gotten the free the studio and done some community stuff. I'm not sure what the licensing would be if you wanted to release the app on the stores. Oh, okay. But you can't. Uh, um, the, the, like I said, I didn't go into the licensing. I've, I've installed it and used it. But I'm I'm pretty sure that you were getting charged a certain amount for additional platforms, uh, especially if you okay. wanted to like release it. Yeah, and you know I don't want to harp on this too much. I feel like I'm saying this, but this is definitely a topic we'll be revisiting, um, sort of outside of the scope of Microsoft, even though Microsoft owns them now. Because uh, really well, big, really big trend here of of write once, put your app native everywhere. Uh, really, going back to the 94 Java slogan? <laughs> Just throwing uh, that out there. No, you're, you're, you know what? I, you are <laughs> so right um, that I have um, the devil and the angel. They're on the op, uh, opposing shoulders, and they're screaming right now because <laughs> I, I know that that's the trend, but I also hear all of those claims in the 90s. The difference, I think, is we didn't really have device proliferation like we do now. We didn't have computing power like we do now. I mean, think about Java-powered cable boxes. How slow were they in the 90s? We also didn't have the embeddedness of languages and platforms. So in some shops, like I said, enterprise-level shops, SQL Server and .NET up and down all throughout the environment. They want to release an app. They have people that know .NET, don't know mobile Mac, don't, don't know iOS, don't know Android. But they know .NET. Now they can use Xamarin to release apps for that. Yeah. Um, Xamarin's huge. Um, spoiler alert: They have a big conference coming up. They do. When it, when is their conference? Uh, I think it's at the end of the month. Hmm. It, it's the Xamarin Evolve. Yeah, I'd have to look into that. I have uh, a couple April of dates. April twenty fourth and twenty eighth in Orlando. Oh, it's in Orlando. 
Yeah. We should we should go and crash it. We love when stuff is in Central Florida, right in our backyard. Um, I don't have the money for that <laughs> moment, but I do. No, have I said crash work. it. I didn't. I didn't say we'd go and pay to attend. We'd just show up and say we're here. I have some coworkers going as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we can ride their coattails in. But uh, this was big. Um, people were wondering what Microsoft was going to do with Xamarin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're releasing a lot of the Windows pieces for free as part of Visual Studio, and they're releasing the other versions on other platforms for free as part of MSDN. So, is this going to pull uh, certain businesses and development shops towards using Xamarin as opposed to some of the competing services that do similar things? Um, I think it. A lot of it depends on if they're a Microsoft shop. Hmm. But if if they were a Microsoft shop, would they have been likely to be using Xamarin uh, already? Maybe. Uh, they uh, Microsoft also open sourced a bunch of it to mm-hmm. uh, the Mono Group, so they've been really working. Like <laughs> they have really been embracing open source the past couple of years since not Satya Nadella took over. I mean, the the Roslyn compiler, uh, .NET Core, uh, open sourcing parts of Xamarin, open sourcing parts of .NET <laughs> and ASP. Like they're yeah. just embracing open source and really reaching out to like the Mono Group. I mean, and that kind of ties in with ASP Core and Entity Framework Core. All all these new, uh, it's essentially a rewrite of .NET. For multi-platforms, hmm. Um, I, talking to some of the guys who went to some of the sessions on .NET Core, which is a very much a developer thing right now, but um, it's a 1.0 release. Like it was supposed to be like .NET five and ASP six, and they got up to like release candidate four or five, and then they're like, "Okay, we're going to rename it. It's now .NET one, the .NET Core one, <laughs> ASP." Core one, yeah, that ID framework I, core one. I don't really understand that very much, but um, it's because on alternate platforms, they don't have Windows. Ah, so okay. like Windows Forms and all these Windows subsystems that were exposed via .NET right, yeah. are not available on Linux and Mac, and so there's a .NET Core, which only has the stuff that's fully cross-platform across all the platforms. And this would be... And then they rewrote ASP Core to only use the .NET Core so that anything you write for ASP Core will run on Mac, Linux, or Windows. Anything you write with Entity Framework Core or SQL Server Core will run on Linux, Mac, or Windows. So it's just that it's a different set of base libraries to work with a different ecosystem. Rewritten from the ground up. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That actually is a really good explanation. I'm glad you went through that. Supported on all the platforms, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, good. <laughs> Which uh, ties into another big announcement out of Build. What's that? A major partnership with Canonical. You familiar with Canonical? Ubuntu, the one that everybody says I pronounce wrong, but I like it. I call it Ubuntu. That's what I call it. I mean, so many people call it so many things, but Ubuntu is the one I hear the most, so Ubuntu well, is the one I go with. People say Linux or Linux. People say who says new you, or new. Really, people wait, say lots. Okay, of now let's pause. Let's pause for a second. <laughs> have you ever heard? I've never heard anyone say Linux. Have you really? <laughs> I, I have heard people. say And that. the proper way to pronounce it, even though I love, I would love to say new. It is GNU. I I realize that that that's starting a flame war, just like VI versus Emacs. 
No, you know, see, that one to me is more of a flame war like GIF versus GIF. And that one... Uh, You just say that because you're doing it wrong. It's a hard G, damn it. It's a GIF. You're supposed to ignore me and just keep talking. (laughs) Oh, I am, am I? (laughs) So they announced a partnership with... choking myself over here laughing. Um... They there is going to be a version of Ubuntu's for Windows. It's a Linux subsystem, though. Okay, so, no, hold on, hold on. You're confusing me because Windows, uh, Microsoft built a Linux subsystem into Windows. So, do you remember that Project Astoria we talked about, where they could port Android apps to? Correct. Android Windows? apps could be ported to Windows, and they killed that. And everyone because, said, "Oh, guess why?" What? They took the Linux subsystem out of that and partnered with Canonical. Okay, so they took the pieces of Astoria, mm-hmm. and so and it's put only a Linux, a full Linux subsystem. Well, it, I shouldn't so say full. It's for developers. This is not for there you go. users. You're not going to sit here running X Windows and all running a full desktop environment. Right. On top the, of the idea is not for you to sit and replace Windows. It is for you to be able to use a Windows Here's, machine to develop. Correct. There's even more to it than that. Okay. So they are providing you with a Bash shell, and you can do like apt get. And all of those sorts of things to bring in uh, additional tools. You cannot launch Windows executables from the Linux subsystem. So you can't run Bash and just say, "I'm going to use this as my new command prompt, and I'm going to launch Notepad." Can the, Can you help the me? The Linux with tools won't talk to the Windows tools. Okay, I need you to help me with something, and, and I'm going to pause yeah. here for now. All the technology uh, astute so I, people. Well, let uh, me back up for a sec. When I say shell, I mean that's the difference between like a command prompt and PowerShell. They're both, they're they're slightly different interpreters, but they handle command line stuff. So you can say Notepad exe and it'll run Notepad. Right. Or, or you can CD directories and make files and do all that stuff. That's sort of where I'm going with this. Okay. Um, shells. So I know what a shell is, and I think you did a good job describing it. Is it's the command line interface. Yep. Just different command line interfaces. So maybe yep. one does one uh, something a certain way. One another supports does bat, like in Windows. Command prompt supports batch files. Mm-hmm. PowerShell supports PowerShell scripts. Right. So even in Windows, we have multiple different shells. Yes. Uh, really, only two in Windows, if I'm correct, if I if I if I know my stuff, and I, this is not my normal area, so this is where I have this yeah, question. You're correct. Why are so many people so interested in command line still? Help me as a okay business minded person understand why we're computing like we did 40 years ago. Because it's repeatable. If I asked you to. Jags, uh, move some files to another directory, set the permissions in this certain way, and rename it this way. Um, you would have to use a mouse, drag and drop, make sure you put it in the right spot, right-click, go to properties, check the right permissions, do some stuff. Or I could write a script. I could have it scripted out. Right. So you run the one command, it moves the stuff, it renames the stuff, it sets permissions, all that. Guess what? I can give that script to anybody. And okay. it will happen the exact same way every time. So I get that part because... It removes I, the human element. I can't go too far into this because of you'll figure out why when I say it. At a company where I did not work in IT, I wrote a lot of, um, wrote a lot of uh, bat, uh, batch files. I'm and, sorry. And uh, wasn't supposed to. And uh, um, At um, least you could have said it was a VB script or something. But no, you had to go batch files. It was to get around certain things. It was shadow IT that we needed to get around certain things. That's why I'm not going into it. But, hey. Um, uh. 
So anyway, I, I get the purpose of that. But then again, if we had systems that are engineered properly, let's say you're talking about that. Okay, I need a new folder here and it needs these permissions. So, See, I'm familiar with this stuff from the this, web world. Forget this discussion. Now let's okay. say we're supporting developers. And mm-hmm. developers who are coming from an open source world, maybe they run Linux, maybe they run a Mac, they're used to running Bash. They're used to pulling down Node through Bash. They're used to running a lot of command line utilities from Bash, from apt-get, to set up their web project, set up uh, JavaScript and HTML files, maybe pull in MongoJS or MongoDB. Mm-hmm. You see, see what I'm getting at? This just kind of extends that place where right. developers from other platforms have some familiarity. Okay. That yeah. That and again, it is all targeted towards developers. I think I was asking a little bit more of a philosophical question of why that's such a thing. When we could, you know, we could build graphical user interfaces that hey, can do all of that and still if repeat. If I could do everything command line, still, mm-hmm. I probably would. And, I don't and like that's, that's, my hands. That's where I'm at. I'm a very graphical person. So no, I'm I'm fine with with, with using my mouse in graphics, but when I'm developing, or even if I'm developing web pages, I want to have my hands on the keyboard. I'm going to type some stuff, hit a button to save it, uh, alt-tab over, hit a button to refresh it, go back, okay. or, or have live read load going. So it would bother you to have to reach typing. over to the mouse. I can just keep typing forever. But if I have to stop, pick up my hand, move it to the mouse, click and do stuff, that has slowed me down. See, in all these years of playing with websites and whatnot, I, I have no problem. I, my, my right hand is – I have my hands on the keyboard right now. I am no more than not even a foot away from my mouse and I have it quite a ways right now I just reach over I click 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 and I'm my hand is back I've never seen that as an issue however um, so if you if you're just sitting there typing 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 click a button live reload the web page type 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 hit, click a button it live reloads you just keep going and you don't have to move your hands you don't have to figure out where the pointer is you I see. I don't. I don't navigate it to that one I'm, X. I'm, that I'm one. I'm not button. being mean when I say this. I don't feel that that taxes my brain very much. It uh, doesn't tax your brain, but if you're in the flow and you just want to keep going, it's never interrupted my flow. I mean, I'm not a professional developer, and then let's let's admit that up front. But uh, I've I've done some interesting projects. Oh, hold uh, on, like, hold on. Did you record that? I just wanted to make sure they got yeah. captured for. <laughs> Sick. Listen, I've dabbled with this stuff. I've taken professional clients. We we all know what I do and what I don't do. Um, <laughs> okay, I there is that point. Sure. There is that point where I sit in front of someone and I have to look at them and I say, "Okay, we've now crossed the realm of what I do. Let me hand you off to someone else." That's everybody everywhere, right? Um, I just I don't I, I I'm going to be clear and say this. I just don't understand the modern love of command line. Why do you think they're keyboard shortcuts and stuff? But you can do that in a you can do that in a GUI. There are keyboard shortcuts in Gmail, right? But you can also so I navigate. So okay, you remember Google Reader? (laughs) Yeah, they retired it. I I switched to Feedly because Mm -hmm. Feedly had all the same keyboard shortcuts. I I can have my RSS feeds. I can go to the top and I can use J. To go article by article. So is it that it's a, it's just Scroll a system down. that works so for you, right? I don't have right? to sit there with my mouse and click an arrow. I can just have my fingers on the keyboard. I can then just control tab over, type a website, go. Um, Gmail has keyboard shortcuts enabled. If I'm in Visual Studio and I'm typing some code and I want to format it, I'll do like control KD. Like I don't have to stop. 
take the mouse, go up to the edit menu, go down to the advanced or the, the autocomplete or, the, you know, and format it. I can just hit a keyboard shortcut and it's done. I think I get it now. I really do. I think you've enlightened me on this and hopefully other people who have this battle either one way or the other in their own minds. You're a keyboard guy, right? You want a keyboard there when you work. If, I have to. Have it. If, I mean, I could do it all on the mouse when I was a kid and... No, and, and that's, things. When I was a kid, my dad would take away my mouse. So I learned how to get around a keyboard. Yeah. And then he saw that I could do that. He took away the keyboard. So I would use the mouse and bring up the the charm app. And <laughs> well, you know, that, that really... I, it, could I could type letter by letter, copy it, paste it into a browser and browse anyways. It's like, oh, well, whatever. That, wait a second. That's a long way. So you would really go into the character map and paint? Wow. If he took away my keyboard, is, all I had was a mouse. Well, how else are you going to navigate? That's actually a really good point. How else? Uh, did you not have an on-screen keyboard? You could do that. Was what I used the, the uh, charm app. This was like ninety five. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I remember it used to be bragging rights to be able to navigate Windows with a keyboard. Um, but I'm a mouse guy, and we've talked. We've talked about this before. I cannot stand a trackpad. Period. And most people are like, "What's wrong with you?" And I, I don't like it. am a mouse guy. If you no, take I, away my mouse, I am miserable. I don't care if it's a tablet, a touch tablet with a pen. Yeah, I don't like trackpads, and I don't like trackballs. So the, is command line really a preferential thing, or is there something that you simply cannot do? No, I can do everything with a mouse. I can do it faster. Because, because I can write key. a batch file. I can write a, a, a program. I can write any language, any language So if you in, want a to start a program, in, a, in a graphical user interface and no, still I run use, it from there. I use graphical user interfaces all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying sometimes there are certain tasks that are easier to do command line. Okay. I like IDEs, but I use keyboard shortcuts for everything. Oh. I do like command line. If I'm moving around, if I'm doing repetitive stuff, if I'm doing operations on lots of files, renaming a lot of files, moving a lot of files, um, they're tools I've learned from Linux that I love, like sed and grep that let me look through lots of files or uh, the way the bash shell operates I, I like it better than command prompt. Hands I'm, I'm down. sold. Which should I learn first, Bash or PowerShell? If you're mainly a Windows fanatic, <laughs> Chase, uh, <laughs> go ahead and learn PowerShell. PowerShell also is the thing that will run Azure. Azure ah. has power commandlets for everything, PowerShell commandlets for everything. Just jumping it in here. I know it's not a new show. Toyota and Microsoft are working together on some new Azure project. I thought that was neat. Now, I, I, I'm sorry. I, de I derailed your... Your yeah, flow there a little bit. I know you wanted to get Hololens in in this episode as well. Well, I mean, come on, uh, Microsoft, Sony, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, right? Um, by the way, it's when this episode airs, it will be the week of Facebook's F8 conference. Um, in fact, this episode should publish the day before the F8 conference starts. And Facebook has uh, a good portion of their conference focused on VR. Well, of course. They bought Oculus Rift. Mm -hmm. uh, Samsung, they, uh, in, in late in April as well, uh, anyway, same story. So HoloLens, I actually saw some, some interesting talks and, and demos of it. Um, I, I saw people using it, you know, and videos of people using dev kits of it. Mm -hmm. uh, to get a little bit more sense of how it's going to operate. Uh, do you remember that game they showed with like aliens bursting through the walls? This is the one from a couple of. Uh, this wasn't from Build. It was from the yeah the uh, consumer facing one a couple months ago, right? CES. CES, yes. Yeah, the guy said I it. Forgot they were at CES. Really cool, yeah, but when you start it, 
you have to kind of spin around mm-hmm. and like look at all the walls in your house or all the walls in the room you're in, right? So that it knows where they are, and then it can start up. So there are some uh, like detection modes. I'm sure. guessing, and that way I'm just going to cheat with it and look at one wall and be like, "Come on, I don't want to turn around. I'm lazy." Yeah, um, but it's like, yeah, it's a full Windows machine. They they showed uh, Edge up and. Uh, he was able to make it bigger and pin it to a wall. If you launched a window, it just kind of floats in front of you as you See, walk around. I, I was thinking about that with Skype and Minecraft and everything else, but I never really thought about it in terms of a web browser just floating in space or floating on the wall. Yeah, it, it seemed a little clunky, like a little bit when he tried. Did Edge look like the Edge like browser? Edge. Like It looked like normal Edge, yeah. but he was like reaching up trying to like pinch it to scroll. Mm-hmm. And I... I I didn't get a good feedback on how the typing worked, like if it was a floating keyboard or, or, or how the input's done. Yeah, uh, you know I'm out there in the world like a lot of other people, and I listen to the other shows that talk about these. Some things. Some people and, love it, and, and, like and the guy I watched. That's exactly like, it. Some people love it, and some people who have used it say it is really difficult to use the gesture navigation, uh, and other people have no problem with it. And the guys that love it, they said. They see so much potential, and there's so many updates that they see it doing more. And, and the more they use it, the more they want to use it for other stuff. And they and it, you know, it's it's just that general excitement about yeah, this is a new thing. So I think in the next episode, we're going to pick up here. So we're going to leave you hanging for about a week, everybody. Sorry about that. Um, but virtual reality and augmented reality, Microsoft's approach being the augmented um, augmented reality choice, of course. Uh, I think that's going to be a great pickup place for us to come back next week and talk about what are the other developer conferences that are happening at that time and all the way all the way through Dreamforce in October. If we want to go out that far, I really don't. But, hey, we could. And... Um, just a recap here, talking about uh, Xamarin, Bots, Linux Subsystem, Bash Shell, Windows Inc., which you laughed at me about, and HoloLens <laughs> being some of the big things to come out of this conference. We don't really want to detail everything, right? But but uh, would you agree virtual reality, augmented reality, that conversation is a good place to pick up uh, in, in maybe uh, next week's episode? Yeah. All right. So let's do that. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I know that we, we're, we're wetting your interest there a little bit too much, but we will be back with you next week. Next Monday, we publish uh, every Monday, and uh, we'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.